When we started Stillwater Bible, we came with a group of believers with hearts to know God's Word. That's one of the reasons you said we want expository teaching. We want the Bible being taught. We want the grace message of salvation. And we want to make a difference in our community and in our world. And I think one of the key aspects was not only teaching of the Bible but and that grace message, but fulfilling what God has for us to do. And if you remember, in Matthew 28, and that's where I told you to turn in 18 through 20, we have the Great Commission. And, of course, Jesus came up and spoke to them, said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go you, therefore, and what? Make disciples. That's the plan. We're to make disciples, and making disciples, that's evangelism and training. That's what we're supposed to do. Lead people to Christ and train them. I read a statistic. This is just over the Christmas holidays. I was just reading different things. I read a statistic that said nine, nine out of ten Christians have never led someone to Christ. Nine out of ten. If, if I ask you, I'm not going to ask you, but if I said, stand up if you've led someone to Christ, how many people in here would not stand up? If I said, stand up if in the last month you've actually shared your faith and told somebody about Jesus. Now, at Christmas time, that's probably the easiest time to ever do it because we're talking about Christmas and what's the reason for the season. Everybody says, Jesus is the reason for the season, all that. So if I said that, how many of us would stand up? So the thing about it is, we, we go through life as Christians, we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, we have eternal life, we're saved, but then we think that what we're supposed to do is come to church and then go home. But what we're coming to church for is to get trained and equipped, so then we scatter into the community to touch lives for Jesus Christ. So what is our plan? To equip the saints, to do the ministry, to edify or build up the body of Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's our plan. So the ministry is to be done by the body. We're going to talk a little bit about it this morning in 2 Corinthians. When we get our passage, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. One of the great passages in the Bible, one to encourage us as we start a, a new year. Well, as we think about those three relationships, our relationship uh, to, to uh, having, a, having a Paul, having a Barnabas, well, one of the key things in, in, in the fulfilling this great commission is to have a Timothy. We're to have a Timothy. And if I ask any of you in this room, who is it that you are discipling? And what we mean by that is you're taking the truths and things that you know from God's Word, that you're a little further down the road than this person, you're meeting with them, and you're teaching them the basic foundational truths of the Bible. If I asked you, if you're doing that, stand up. How many of us would stand up? And we know that that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's just hard because historically the church has never trained the believers. The church thinks, as a whole, the church thinks that you hire people to do ministry. What you really do is hire people to train you to do ministry. That's what it's really all about. So we're going to see that. And as we think about the whole things we've been seeing, what we want is we want to be taught by Paul and we want to be encouraged by Barnabas, but we, but we want to be teaching others having a Timothy. So my challenge to you, and as we've been thinking about this, is we've been thinking about having a Paul, someone further down the road. We've been thinking about a Barnabas, somebody's encouraging us. And we've been thinking about a Timothy. Well, I want you to think about this. The ministry of discipleship is the key to the growth and success of the local body. We say we want to grow as a church. We want to see new people come in. We want to see people grow. We want to see believers mature over the years. The only way that happens is we disciple one another. Because discipleship is we're leading people to Christ, bringing them into the body, and training them and equipping them to reproduce themselves. So if we really want to see things happen, 
And we're not just talking about somebody from another church coming to our church. Because see, that's about, they say that about 95% of all growth in all churches is transfer growth. People just going from one church to another. Listen, I know people in this community that have been in five or six t- churches. Over the years that I've been here, I know people that have been in five to six different churches. They just say, I, something happened here and I didn't like it, so I moved over here. They didn't do what I liked. To, you know, and they just move around. And that's how churches grow is because it's transfer growth. We want to grow because we led people to Christ and brought them in here and helped them grow and do the same thing. That's really the key to all of this. Let me remind you, and this is why I'm taking a little bit of review, let me remind you about the three big areas. The, our relationship to God, our relationship to the unbelievers, and our relationship to believers. When, in our relationship to God, what we said, our goal was to know Him, to be like Him to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. And so all of us, we talked about that in your relationship to God, you should be having a quiet time, you should be studying, you should be praying, you be all those things so you can know Him. Then our relationship to the unbelievers, by our words and our works, by our message and our lifestyle, we're to be testimonies, lights in a fallen world. So when we go out these doors, we're, and we're going to talk more about it in, in church, but we're, we're the representatives of Jesus Christ. We don't represent Stillwater Bible Church. We don't represent ourselves. We represent Jesus Christ. And so that's what we do by our words and our works. And then the third thing is our relationship to fellow believers. And this is where we've been for the last three or four weeks. And that's where we talk about having a Paul and having a Barnabas and having a Timothy. And we've looked at those others. And I want to remind you of this just as basically a source of encouragement. And that is we talked about having a Paul. And here's what we said about a mentor. A mentor is someone who's an example to follow. We look at their life. We see how they're growing. We see what they believe. We see how they live. They're an example. Then they're a kindred spirit because they connect with us. And we we get to be with them and they with us. And they teach us. We learn the word and the truth from them. And we actually serve with them. So hopefully we in this room, that there's somebody a little further down the road that is your Paul. And then we talked about having a Barnabas, having someone who encourages us and keeps us going. And we said that, that a Barnabas believes in us when others don't. They, they stand by us. That, that, that looks a little funny because it says believe in us, then others don't stand by us. But it's, it believe in us when others don't dash, and they stand by us. They do. And they encourage us to grow. And they encourage us to serve. And they're willing to confront. They're willing to tell us the hard things like, hey, you can do this. You, you should be doing this. And so a Barnabas is somebody that every one of us need. And I've told you this, that some of you, many of you, have been a Barnabas to me over the years, especially the last five to six years. And without some of you, I probably wouldn't be a pastor because of your encouragement to me, to encourage me to grow and to to believe and to all of those kind of things. So that's the key. Well, from there, we're now going to look at having a Timothy, a, a disciple. And so... Why, and we're going we're gonna to race. Uh, here's, here's the deal. We've talked about this over and over again. And we've said that if I told, I asked you this question, and I do this every time a group joins the church, we have a member, new membership training seminar, and we bring people in, and I ask this question, how many of you in this room believe it's your responsibility to share your faith? Every hand goes up. And then when I say, how many of you believe it's your responsibility to teach other people the Bible? Almost no hands go up. It's just as much responsibility. Making disciples is evangelism and training. We lead people to Christ, and then what do we do? We train them. We teach them. So it all goes together. So uh, we're going to be looking at that. So here's the four questions, and I'm just going to look at the clock and see how much time do we have. But here are the four questions we want to look at this morning. Why have a Timothy? 
What do we look for in a Timothy? What's the plan? The plan, what are we to do? And then the charge, what do we want them to do? That's the big four things, and we're going to see maybe, uh, I don't know if we'll get, I had planned to go through the first two, but I don't know if we can get through the first two. I know we can get through the first one and maybe just touch on the second one, and then we'll get some more of that next week. But let's start with the big question. Why, why have a Timothy? Why do we need someone that we're discipling? Why do you have to have somebody? Because see, most of us don't have one. Most Christians aren't discipling anybody. That's the hard, sad thing about it is most Christians aren't. And, and, and I mean, think about, think about you. You're here, you're in grow groups, you're serving, you're touching lives. So many of you are doing that. But think of the believers, even in our church, that their thing is they come on Sunday morning and they leave. So why do we need a Timothy? We know we, know we need a Paul. We need a Paul, somebody further in, to help us grow, help us understand, help us to be excited. We know we need a Barnabas to keep us going. But why do you need a Timothy? Why do you need someone in your life that you are discipling? Well, first of all, it's commanded. It's commanded. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came up and spoke and said, All authority has been given me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and there's a command here. This is from Jesus. Command, make disciples. And then he says, how do you do that? As you are going, as you're baptizing, as you are teaching them to observe all which I've commanded you. So he's actually given a command to the believers, to the body of Christ, to those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, that we are to disciple other people. So it is commanded. See, discipleship is both evangelism and training. Historically, the church, now when I say the church, I mean the, 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 the organized church in the United States and really all throughout the world, has always thought that the, the great commission is to go and evangelize. The great commission is to make disciples, which is evangelism and training. It's both. And so it is commanded. You say, well, what, why do I need somebody in my life that I'm actually, say, meeting with and helping them? Let's say I get the 2-2 or the 4-12, and I'm taking them through the 4-12. I'm taking them through the 2-2. I'm taking them through discipline for godliness. I'm taking them through a study on angels. I'm taking, why do I need to do that? Well, first of all, you're supposed to do it because God said to do it. We have the privilege and responsibility impacting other lives. We're to equip who? Equip the saints to do the ministry. We are. We're equipping each other. That's the plan. Think about it. What if the, the only time I quip the body is on a Sunday morning when I'm standing up there and everybody's here and I'm teaching through the Bible. But you can only get so much that way. You can't, in fact, you can't get very much that way. And so what we need to do is have the time where you are taking, and it doesn't have to be one person. It could be three or four people that you meet with. Have you ever thought about three or four people that you're fairly close to, and you might say to them, hey, would you guys like to start meeting together Thursday at lunch, and let's just go through, I'll take us through the 412? You'd be discipling people right there. They're going to be raising all kinds of questions, you know. So think about it. The modern church thinks that ministry is done by the professionals, but it's done by the believers. We, if we're going we're to have to have a Timothy if we're going to make disciples. Jesus gave the Great Commission. He not only said it in Matthew uh, 28, which was in Galilee, by the way. Jesus had went up to a mountain in Galilee, told them to meet them there. They came up. He spoke to them and told them to make disciples. He comes down, and as he gets ready to leave on the Mount of Olives, just outside Jerusalem, he tells them the same thing. He should be my witnesses, which the witnesses of the death and resurrection of Christ, and to train people and to do what they're supposed to do. Now, here's the thing. We must be a disciple before we can make disciples. There's no doubt. 
That means you must be growing and on fire and touching lives and being trained and equipped and all those things. But second is, we must have a disciple before we can make disciples. You've got to have somebody you're pouring your life into. So, first question, why in the world would we have a Timothy? Is because God commands us to do this. I know it's real easy to, to, he commands us to pray. He commands us to study. He commands us to serve. He commands us to make disciples. And on those kind of commands, we say yes. Then he also says, he commands us, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. And we say, oh, I don't do those things, so I'm obedient. But what about the things that he tells us to do that we don't do? Because there's sins of omission, which is not doing what we're supposed to do, and sins of commission, doing what we're not supposed to do. We all go look at the commission sins and say, oh, I'm not doing those. But the omission sins, we go, yeah, I know I need to be discipling somebody. Yeah, I need to be studying the Bible. Yeah. And so this is the charge. It's hard because God says, I want you to make disciples. And, and we go, okay, uh, when and how and where and how, all that kind of stuff. So the second reason that I think it's so important that you have a Timothy is to continue the message and ministry of Jesus Christ. What if nobody told anybody else? What if we didn't make disciples? What if we didn't have a Timothy? What if we didn't lead somebody to Christ and then train them and equip them? If we didn't, then there's an old saying that says Christianity is one generation from extinction. Think about how it started. It started with basically 11 guys. And then, with the ministry of Jesus and those 11 guys, then Jesus left, and those 11 guys met together with about another 100, and something. there were 120 believers on the day of Pentecost meeting in the upper room. So just think about it. 120 people were meeting together. The Holy Spirit came, basically empowered them then, because Jesus said, Dad, don't leave. Don't start till you get the Holy Spirit. All of us have the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, from 120 people led by 11 men, the message of Jesus Christ spread from Jerusalem all throughout the whole world. And we're benefits of it. We know about Christ because it started there and spread and has been around the world time and time again. But the next generation didn't know anything about it. Who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? You know, the, 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 the big, I know we're running out of time, but there's the, the, the thing that has changed the most. I just read this over holidays, too, because I read a lot. And it, it talked about the changes in the United States uh, on, on people who believe in, Jesus, believe in God or even go to church. The percentage of people have, got, have come way down. The group called the nuns. I don't know if you've heard of them. N-O-N-E-S. Nuns. They ask people, what is your affiliation? Are you uh, Catholic? Or are you Protestant? Or are you Baptist? Are you? They list all these things. And there's one final category called nun, which means I'm none of these. It's grown in the last 10 years from about 12% to almost 30% of the United States. That means this millennial generation and the one following, there's a large percentage of them that say, we're not anything. We won't believe any of this. Okay, who's going to reach them? We have to. What is it going to be like? I mean, let me just tell you, think about Europe. What's Europe like? Anybody been to Europe at all? What's it like? It's nothing. They have cathedrals that hold thousand people, and on a Sunday morning, they have 12 people there. Less than 1% of the population in England, Great Britain, goes to church. 1%. Europe is like that. It's dead. And it's coming that way to our country. 
we still have a large percentage of people who say they go to church. Now, here's what they've also found out. That years ago, if you go back 20 years, there were a group of Christians, which are the foundational Christians, that basically went to church four Sundays a month. They did. They went to church almost every Sunday. They rarely missed Sunday. Now, the foundational group, that small 20% that do everything, now average just under three Sundays a month. There used to be a group that would come twice a month. Now they're less than once a month. If you take all the average of all the Christians coming to church, the average Christian now comes less than once a month. Average Christian. So when you come every three or four times, they think that the average that out, there's some people that'll come about once every six or seven or eight weeks. And, and then you say to them, how'd you like Daniel? And they go, I don't know. I only got one message of it. And that's why you can't learn anything if you come one time and you miss seven lessons in a row and you come back and you say, well, last time I was here was Daniel chapter 1. Well, yeah, that was seven weeks ago. Okay, That's what's happening in our culture. How are we going to change that? How are we going to change that? means we have to do what? We have to make disciples. We've got to continue the message and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, make disciples. Jesus said, be my witnesses. So it, it's an amazing thing. Let me show you this, and then we've got to stop. But here's the process. It's 2 Timothy 2.2. I want you to turn to that. That's why we call our major study the 2.2. Flip over there. Flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Just you, Most of you know this. You've seen it over and over, but it's 2 Timothy. Please turn it over there or take your, your phones and move them over there. Whatever. By the way, it's more and more. More and more people use their phones. You know, some people used to say, you need to turn your phones off. Not if you're using it for your Bible. And there's a huge percentage of people now use their phones as their Bible. Okay? 2 Timothy 2.2. Here's Paul writing to Timothy. And this is why we call him a Timothy. Because Paul is discipling Timothy. And look what he says, 2 Timothy 2.2. He says, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, Timothy, the things I have taught you in the presence of other people, you entrust these to faithful people. You take around, take it, and you deposit this to other people who will be able to teach others also. So you see the pattern? Paul taught Timothy. Timothy taught faithful people. Faithful people teach others. There's a four pattern there. Somebody teaches you. You teach somebody else so those people can teach somebody else. That's how it works. It's called multiplication. And that's the plan. And the plan for every one of us in this room is not only to have a Paul who's in impacting our lives, but we to have a Timothy that we're impacting other people's lives. So I want you to be thinking about something. We're stopping here because when I get even to the application part, I've got one other thing. But, but think about this. Ask God to give you a Timothy or Timothys or, I don't know, a girl Timothy. What would be a girl Timothy? I don't know. Timothotus. I don't know. Anyway, what name would you have for a girl? Ask God to give you some people to disciple. And I guarantee you, if you do that, number one, you're going to find somebody that's a Paul that you're going to go to and say, hey, I'm teaching these people and they're asking questions. I don't know. Help me get this. And so you'll have a Paul and a Timothy once you start doing this because you're going to have to make sure you know what you're going to teach them. And you can start with the basics. Every one of you in this room know the gospel. 
death and resurrection of Christ, faith alone and Christ alone. You know what we believe about the Bible. You know what we believe about Christ. You know the foundational truths. You get. I mean, you know these things. And you can go take the 412 and get a teacher edition and get some student editions, and you can take people through those foundational truths, which you know. You just need to do it. It's the old Nike thing. Just do it. Just do it. Why have a Timothy? It's commanded, and we continue the message and ministry of Jesus Christ. We just got started. We'll get the rest of this next week, and then we've got another handout. We've got Lesson 14 to do, and it may take us a couple of weeks to go through those things too. But this is the challenge. Uh, I hope all of us in this room, including me, that we have people that we are helping them grow that we're taking truths we're learning and we're discipling them so that we can make disciples and continue the message of Jesus Christ, especially to the generation that's coming, that there's a lot of people in that generation that could care less. We need to let them see the need for Jesus Christ.